I'm a zombie! I've been bitten! You're listening to the Survival Podcast for zombie nerds everywhere. Zombies Ate My Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Zombies Ate My Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Murphy, and joining me, as always, is the busy zombie lord, Lou Page. How's it going, Lou? It's going. Good. I'm glad. Uh, we've, we watched a, um, a bit of a, a genre smasher today. We watched something a little weird today. Yeah. It, it has zombies in it, and very traditional zombies, I should say. Ah, uh, well... I mean, pretty close. Like, I'd say more more leaning towards traditional zombies, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before we get to that, we do have uh, some amazing zombie news. So let's get to that first. The virus has completely devastated over 150 of the world's major regions and then is spreading rapidly. Lou, we have some news courtesy of Summer Game Fest, and uh, this is a video game announcement from, um, well, someone most horror fans should be familiar with. John Carpenter is working on a video game, and it's titled Toxic Commando. Uh, It'll be out in 2024, PC, Xbox Series X and S, and PS5, so it is a current generation only title. No Switch or uh, previous generation uh, consoles. Um, but yeah, it, it it looks like... Here's the way I describe it. It looks like if you combined Days Gone, instead of a motorcycle, you have a very heavy-duty truck and uh, Left 4 Dead. And you kind of combine those two and you've got, you've got the game. Yeah, this looks... When the trailer began, I was like, uh, what is this? And then once I watched what it was, I was like, this is what Back for Blood should have been. Yeah, I mean, Back for Blood, uh, we talked a bit about this pre-show, and I think it warrants bringing it back up, but Back for Blood yep. had uh, a really short tail to it. And and um, I think for both of us, we struggled with the complex card mechanics. Like, it kind of got in the way of the simple fun that was Left for Dead, right? And yeah, right. Left Dead. Uh, you kept... Pl- Left 4 Dead let you made you you played Left 4 Dead over and over and over and over and over again because you wanted to beat it. You wanted to take the challenge again. You could up the difficulty setting. You could do this. But everything was always the same. And I think artificially in an attempt for them to um, prolong the life of Back for Blood, they did something that actually shortened its life unintentionally. And they added this card mechanic and they added like perks that you could like upgrade your characters with, which all sounds good in theory. But the problem is, is that they start you off so weak in the beginning of the game playing it that you have to grind to get there. And, uh, you know, you can play the same scenario in Left for Dead four or five times and they do make uh, uh, various changes but in Back for Blood, the various change was, oh, yeah, uh, instead of going to the auto parts place to pick up the box that you need to carry, they put it in the other place on the other side of the map. So go pick up the box over there. Like, that's that. it was the same map. It was the same everything. The zombies still attacked from the same area. It just, you, you went to the other building instead. Like, and that's not enough variety for me. There's some of that in Left for Dead, but Left for Dead... There was more thrill. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that adding that card mechanic, it sounded good in theory, but I think that might have been the thing that made people stop playing. Yeah. With the good, it is eventually your card mechanic, you, you, you either get everything or, you know, I don't know. There was just something about that that rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, looking at Toxic Commando, so uh, the idea here is that uh, John Carpenter wrote the story. So he he is the storyteller here as part of this game. This is a co-op first-person shooter. 
Uh, when you're driving, uh, from what I can tell from the trailer, when you're driving, it's a third person view. But when you're shooting and taking care of uh, many, many zombies, it is a first person shooter. It is developed by Saber Interactive, which, Lou, you may remember are the folks behind uh, World War Z Aftermath, um, which was another zombie game uh, that Focus Entertainment published. Which, by the way, I have played, and it is decent. It's buggy as crap, but or at least the the version I played, which was a couple years ago, was buggy. But I hear that a lot of that's been fixed and patched, and and it's, it's better now. But that game had so much potential that felt like a spiritual successor to um, to uh, Left 4 Dead. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think I might have I think I might have enjoyed my time with that World War Z game better than I did Back for Blood, which that kind of sad. Yeah, I I like you played early and, and kind of bounced off of it because it was pretty buggy. But as you said, I know they've uh, they've done some expansions and some patches, uh, especially to get it running on current generation hardware uh they're also the folks behind the evil dead uh game that recently came out and i i have it through playstation plus and i was thinking of trying it and i never got around to it but it always looked really cool i i i have a version of that too that um at one point they were giving it away for free on epic okay and i grabbed the free version on epic but i've still never gotten around to playing it yeah well, this one's uh, going to be out in 2024. I know Lou and I will will keep an eye on it, and when it releases, we'll uh, we'll look to see if it's uh, if it's going to be picked up by us, and we'll play it. So um, that's John Carpenter's Toxic Commando. You can check out the world premiere trailer right now in our show notes. Uh, next story we have here, and uh, let's see, do I have the I have the clip? Oh yeah, the, here just a little update for you on this film. Biohazard, Death Island. Definitely going on vacation after this. So, but before you go on vacation, if you have your vacation set for around July 25th, you might want to make sure you pick up a copy of Resident Evil, Death Island, uh, or Biohazard, Death Island, depending on which region you're in. But uh, here in North America, uh, the game, the game, the movie, based on the game series, will be out uh, digital and Blu-ray on July 25th. Lou... I think we have to add that to our content calendar and make sure we take care of uh, watching that shortly after the 25th of July. It's going to be coming up pretty soon. It's only, what, six six weeks away, maybe? Yeah. Like, I think, like, just based on our content calendar, that would fit nicely right after Comic-Con because Comic-Con is, like, right before, uh, usually around July 20th, and there's going to be tons of news there to cover. Uh so yeah, like I think that's perfect timing for us. Yeah, and and I'm st- and I'm still curious to see where this is going to go. Um I knew it was never going to make it to theaters. I was hoping it would come to streaming. Maybe closer to launch we will hear about uh, uh it showing up on a streaming service. Yeah. It, it does not look to be a, a film that is going to win any Oscars <laughs> or uh, or or any sort of awards, but so I've heard some people chiming in on the internet that there's some people excited for this. There's some people who like those Resident Evil animated movies. I'm indifferent. I don't dislike them. I don't love them either. There's been a couple of good ones, and then there's been a couple of stinkers. So I I mean, like they aren't on par with some of the larger budget video game adaptations we've seen, like the Mario movie or or even the Resident Evil film that came out a couple of years ago. It, they are they are marketing tie-ins. They are. They're part of the uh, the sort of the yeah like the direct to to video stuff that you know DC does it Marvel does it like uh, it is of a, a caliber of content you know it's not I never expected it to come to to um, the theaters but it, like the the Resident Evil animated thing we watched a couple of years ago which was basically a movie split into like four episodes six parts yeah. Was it, it four or six? I, I can't remember. I can't remember. I remember it was a quick watch, and when you put it together, it's like, that's the length of a movie. So there was, yeah. like, an idea that maybe, you know, maybe this one would follow suit because Netflix was in the Resident Evil game, but uh, they're out now, I think. This is just this is yeah. just going to be a direct-to-video type experience, and 
I mean, we'll cover it here. It's It's got like all the major players from Resident Evil. So it's like kind of an interesting idea there, bringing everyone together for the first time. So uh, we'll cover it. We'll talk about it. Uh, keeping it in the video game realm, though, uh, I thought this would be interesting. Look, we've, we have a bit of an unwritten rule here. If you've listened to the show long enough, you know, like there was a time where every week there was a story about Call of Duty Zombies. And we finally got around to it be like, you know what? I get it's popular. A lot of people love it. But there's only so many times you can talk about Call of Duty Zombies. Now we're, now we're going to talk about something else. That's, exactly. That I hope it's not going to be. I hope it's not going to become the next Call of Duty Zombies. <laughs> I don't I don't think it will. Uh, here's the thing. Um, uh, the Callisto Protocol has a new piece of content that's out now. I, it says it's downloadable content. I don't know if it's a paid for or if it's part of their season pass. This is something I was trying to figure out. I I thought it was just an update, but um, it is no, it is season pass. It is purchased. You can purchase it separately as well. Uh, but this is uh, this is a new mode called Riot Mode, and it is essentially uh, taking the combat of the Clister Protocol, which, if you'll remember, was sort of a spiritual successor to Dead Space released a couple months before the excellent Dead Space remake. Kind of unfortunate timing. Callista Protocol did not did not do well. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of sitting here waiting for like the inevitable Game Pass release for this one cuz you're right, like it it is a high budget game but didn't do incredibly well. My understanding is is that it's very very pretty but the game mechanics are really kind of not fun. Mm. That's yeah. my understanding. That's what I've heard, but <laughs> well, I don't know how true that is. You'll love this, Lou, because this mode takes those gameplay mechanics and modifies them a little bit and turns it into like sort of a score attack mode where you're defending yourself against hordes of zombies. So it's kind of a combination of... I mean, it is Call of Duty zombie mode, basically. Uh, gotcha. So it, like, you know what? Here's the thing. Like, in terms of um, DLC and adding new modes... I think it's an interesting approach um, adding new modes to DLC, especially if they are modes that you can you can sort of uh, complete single player. Uh, mm-hmm. That That's perfectly fine. I, I think where you struggle with DLC these days, and I think a lot of developers have learned this, is that if your DLC is multiplayer based, it, you, you cut your pool of players down significantly by making them pay for the content. Um, but because it's an additional mode, that's the other thing too is it can kind of be tough like i think i think this game struggled with their post-launch content and how they would sell it because like Mm -hmm. part of it was like extra death animations which to me is like i mean it's that's interesting but probably no need to pay for additional death animations probably plenty of gory not so fun to watch death animations already in there right this is the one that's by the same people that do um um battleground isn't it same publisher uh i'm trying to remember the name of the publisher it's like blue something yeah it's the same same pub same they're also the same it's also the same dev team i think it was it was created at first by the same guy i think uh i think no this one's uh so this is the dead space guy like this is the previous dead space is it okay yeah and and he sort of started his own um his own studio called striking distance studios, but it is published. I'm trying to figure out the publisher. Glenn Schofield is the, is the guy. Uh, and it, uh, the publisher is craft and ink, which is, uh, which are the PUBG folks, the publisher behind okay, PUBG. PUBG. Yeah. So like, you know, a bit of a, a, a mess there in terms of like who's doing what, but if you have Callisto protocol, I originally thought this was a free update, which I thought, well, oh, this, this will be worth talking about. But uh, now that I see that it's kind of paid DLC, you know it's um it's an interesting idea i don't know what was included in the paid dlc but it is available separately you can purchase it separately if you don't want to get a season pass um so if it did ever come to game pass you would be paying for this content in addition because usually that stuff's not included but um it's not coming to i don't know if it's coming to game pass you're likely waiting a bit longer for that uh but lou speaking of waiting a bit longer but not too much longer uh, Marvel Zombies will be returning, and I know we've talked about Marvel Zombies getting a Disney Plus series, but this is comics. There's a new comic series coming called Marvel Zombies Black, White, and Red, 
and uh, it has Garth Ennis returning. And, and Lou, I know you perked up pre-show. You know who that is. I, I really don't. Yes, he was involved in the Preacher comics. And the Creature comics are... Preacher. Preacher. Yeah. Oh, Preacher. <laughs> I thought you just said Creature again. No, Preacher. Preacher. Yeah, yeah, no. I, and then I said Preacher. That... <laughs> yeah it, it, it's all good i i got we're on the same page now so yeah so yeah. he's the guy behind Pre- he and he created preacher the the comic series yeah cool okay that's interesting uh and i assume if he's returning he was part of marvel zombies before as well i think he was part of marvel zombies it, i like i like a lot of his work uh sometimes he can be kind of mean and when he gets kind of mean i kind of start to go ooh. but yeah um but but most of the time his work is at least really interesting so i'm curious to see where this is gonna go yeah so this is uh so the sort of the synopsis we have so far is the debut issue of marvel zombies black white and blood features tales of heroes such as spider-man moon knight and daredevil all dealing with bloodthirsty undead incarnations of other marvel characters and uh the preview here obviously has wolverine looking very zombie-like uh and uh it looks like it'll be arriving just in time for halloween uh which will uh, episode one will go on sale october 25th so there just you go in time for halloween yeah you'll have about a week to ingest it before halloween comes but uh new series coming very soon october of this year lou without further delay let's get to our uh movie for tonight because we've got a fun one we've got freaks of nature this is the 2015 film now come with me if you want to live. The zombies are eating me! The zombies are No, 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 stop eating him! I'm a zombie, all you can eat but me! God, I'm gonna be sick. Why won't I pass out? God, please let me die. He just put some intestines back and took different intestines. Oh, okay. Uh, so Freaks of Nature, that clip, I think, perfectly sums up sort of the, uh, tone of the film. The sense of this. Yes. The, 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 one of the tones of this movie. We'll get into that in a second. We'll definitely talk about that. Um, just to give a bit of a synopsis here. So, and this will definitely also talk about like kind of the weird and pretty interesting premise. The, the reason we kind of, one of the reasons we jumped on it. Uh, In the town of Dilford, humans, vampires, and zombies were all living in peace until the alien apocalypse arrived. Now three teenagers, one human, one vampire, and one zombie, have to team up to figure out how to get rid of the visitors. So, Lou, it's, uh, that's, that's the summary. And I mean, it, the movie, like, really just starts off in high gear of, like, introducing you to the fact that there are humans, there are vampires, and there are zombies, all coexisting and it and it and it does that thing and i i knew it's i knew seeing the opening at what it was gonna do it starts off with that thing where it starts off in the middle of an action sequence in a chase and then that runs for about maybe five ten minutes and then the 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 hero who's narrating the story goes oh yeah by the way i should go back to the beginning oh yeah that's pretty tropey that's uh that's in there and i and and i'll be honest I'm grown. I've grown really tired of that trope. Uh, but since this was made in 2015, I tried to give it some forgiveness on that. But I was like, okay, all right. But I need to share with our audience my story about Freaks of Nature. So when we discussed that we were going to talk about this, uh, uh, Ryan and I were trying to figure out where we we're going to watch it. And I got all excited because I typed into my Roku, Freaks of Nature, and the cover of this movie showed up. And it said it was on Tubi. And I was like, sweet, I can deal with some commercial breaks and I won't have to buy it. Sweet. Uh, while it does show the cover for this movie, it's not this movie. It's a different Freaks of Nature. And let's just say I had to sit through a hardcore drama for about six or seven minutes 
before I realized I was in the wrong movie. Well, there you go. Learn a lesson from Lou. And then I messaged Ryan to let him know, don't try and watch this on Tubi. You don't want to watch what's on Tubi. Oh, there you go. Yeah, no, I didn't. Uh, I didn't watch it on Tubi. I ended up renting it from uh, Cineplex. I, I I ended up renting it from Amazon. Yeah, I had some Amazon credit. So, yeah. And, you know, the other reason we watched it is because there was just a laundry list of folks that are awesome. Yeah. And th- and this was recommended to us, I think, in an email a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Or like a month or so, month or two ago. And when we saw the, 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 the cast, we were like, how can we, how have we never heard of this? I now understand why we've never heard of this. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, here's the thing. Like I, the zombies in this film, it's very traditional zombies. You heard it in the clip in the sense that like, these are zombies that when they lose, you know, they're, they have these like collars that kind of like keeps them docile. But um, when they don't have their collars, they, they will, they will tear into you and and uh, and 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 eat you, um, but like and they have the shuffling, they have the brains, but there there is some intelligence to them. I was trying to wrap my mind around like okay, like one of our main characters um, turns himself into a zombie, and and he he does have these moments of 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 thought process, but then other times he's like, you know he wants brains. So I'm trying to remember. They do explain that they do, but I'm I'm trying to like. Let me piece it together here, and then you you obviously correct, you got to correct me on here. But uh, so it's essentially they crave brains, they eat brains, they get smarter when they eat brains, or do they get like into no, that? they get dumber when okay. they eat brains, like they're junkies, right? Okay, and then when they're starving, they get more normal, right? Okay, okay, that it's that like the reverse it. of what you would think it would be. Yeah, but it works for this film. It does. It yeah. was one of the things it was one of the aspects of this movie I really liked is I liked the way they incorporated zombies and vampires and humans all at once. Um and then later introduced something else at the end, but we'll get to that. Um <laughs> yeah. and I, I I saw that coming a mile away. The movie the, the the movie kind of there's a twist at the end, sort of, that I saw basically coming within the first five minutes of the film. Oh um, uh, yeah. Yeah. But, they, we'll, but we'll get to that. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I've got, um, and I, as I was watching it, I said, I said to Lou, like, this is a, this is a clip gold mine just for the fact that we can basically have a different clip for every major guest star. And one of the first guest stars that pops in and he's kind of present throughout the whole film is uh, Dennis Leary. And he plays kind of like the the very rich guy, the very rich jerk that moved to town, took over a meatpacking plant, and he makes sure everybody knows what how important he is. Exactly. Yeah, he usually does it by yelling. How? I fired the dead weight and brought in cheap zombie labor. Why? Because I came here to win. So. There you go. Uh, so Dennis Leary's in it, and and um, there, you know, there are some. There are obviously other large names, but there are some uh, character actors that you'll recognize right away, like um, the bully, the jock bully. He's he he uh, he often probably gets typecast as the jock bully, but um, I thought this moment was a little a little weird. Okay, nice boy, bring the cheese home. It better be Swiss, cause I'm holy, baby. I'm holy, baby. Here's my aspect of the movie I liked. I thought yeah. the premise was original. I thought the plot was I, I I thought the sense of humor was very funny when it was trying to be funny. Unfortunately, there are moments in this movie where all of a sudden the comedy or the silliness stops and it tries to take a very serious tone and make you think about something that just happened and like Every time it would do that, it made it took me out of the movie. Um, the vampire girl at one point kills somebody. It's early on. And the person that 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 she kills, like, I didn't think really too hard about it because I didn't really like the character either. I was like, ah, makes sense. She's dead now. All right, let's move on. And then they kept kind of stopping and trying to make you think about. But shouldn't you feel bad about that? And I was like. No, I just kind of want to move on and let's get back to the laughs. It felt very much like this film was trying to to do like a Zombieland joke, but 
it kept missing the mark of what was it, it, it. This whole movie felt like it was written by a comedy writer and then producers kept tinkering with it because they wanted it to have some kind of messaging and not just be funny. And every time somebody would try to tinker with the script, it seemed like it it, 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 it was it something went wrong. Yeah, no, I, I feel you on that. I think there are you you nailed it with your example because there are a few moments throughout the film where um like the vampires uh and the zombies when they and obviously they kill to to get what they want uh or well to to get blood or brains but but the the film really shows like okay but you don't have to do that cuz there's like blood at the cafeteria so if you're a vampire you can get like a blood pouch and if you're a zombie you get like brain rations so like the universe kind of sets it up as like they coexist, you know, um, but there right. are moments where that control kind of slips away and you you have a moment where it's like it's comedic because Patton Oswald's character and his mom die uh, off screen because the main character looks away for like five seconds. And when he comes back, the vampire and the zombie are uh, feeding, <laughs> you know, and it's it is played yeah. up as like pretty it's played up pretty serious but it's also like well what did you expect uh, you know from a funny perspective you know it's, in a way uh, in a way the premise of this reminded me of the comic eye zombie not the tv show it, in a way it kind of reminded me a little bit of the comic mixed with a little bit of the show i guess sure sure um and and, and i was okay with all of that but again then it would get serious and i mean the cameos in this like they're like like Patton Oswald is mentioned in it. He's in the movie for like less than five minutes. <laughs> yeah, but he has like what I assume is is ad libbed because he's uh, this this moment where he's first introduced is pretty great. It's aliens. Okay, listen. Has anyone tried like singing to them or playing like a song, and then maybe they play a song back? They don't seem open to any kind of music or anything like that. Okay, has anyone stayed around long enough to like see a, a bowel movement? Maybe we get processed through their body, and then they 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 crap us out as higher beings. It would be it'd be disgusting to us, but for them that could just be a cultural norm. <laughs> so I don't know if that specific second example is like from anything, or if or if Pat Oswalt just made it up, but uh, it, it like he. He has a lot of fun with his moments on screen. I feel like he's referencing the movie Skyline. Oh, okay. I don't think I've um, seen that one. Uh, don't. It's not worth it. There's like four <laughs> okay. of them, and every single one of them is bad. All right. Well, avoid Skyline. Um, yeah, I mean, he and he's he's in the outtakes too. Like, there, there's another reason to get through the whole film as as Lou. Yeah, put, there's, uh, outtakes there's outtakes at the end. And they do, they have him do what, like four different lines? Yeah. There's like a, I think, I can't remember. I, I feel like it's in the film, but uh, I, I guess I would have capped it if it was. But there's like a moment where he's like, now is it, is it H.R. Giger or uh, It's e. in the outtakes. It's, okay. And the kid shouts back, who's H.R. Giger? And I was like, oh my God, kid, I want to punch you. Is it Giger or Geiger? I think it, I can't I've remember. always, I've always heard, I've always called it Giger, but okay. that I probably am calling it wrong. I don't know. I don't know. But um, it, like there are genuine moments of hilarity, but you're right, Lou. Like there are moments where the film tries to be serious and, and um, it, it, yeah. it, it, it feels serious because it feels like it's trying to ta tackle teen angst at certain moments. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like the female lead, like she ends up they they the way she becomes a vampire it's implied like someone took her virginity kind of thing and now 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 she's wearing the scarlet letter nobody wants to touch her kind of thing and even the kid that that made her a vampire doesn't want to touch her anymore and and i and i appreciated that but they were so heavy-handed with all of it and not not light on it it was it was like trying to teach a moral. It felt like it was trying to imply a moral lesson when that's not what I wanted from this movie. And and again, uh, when whenever um, Bob Odenkirk and uh, 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 and um, Joan Cusack were on camera, I was laughing because it was silly. And I knew at the very beginning of the film, the baseball team that the kid plays on, they're called the Wolves. 
Hmm. And I went, oh, okay. At some point, we're going to have a werewolf in this movie. And then immediately right after the beginning of the film, in the opening, like like right after he loses the baseball game or something, he has a conversation with his dad, and his dad talks about changes, and I went, oh, they're going to pull Teen Wolf, and he's going to become a werewolf before the end of the movie's out. And then lo and behold, in the last like 10 minutes, he wolfs out, and he kills kills an alien or kills a vampire. And I was like, okay, all right. Like, I'm okay with it. But they were a little heavy handed with it. But I was like, it's fine. This isn't this isn't this isn't uh, uh, Shakespeare. No. Well, they were making the they're making the puberty joke, right? Like everybody at home's thinking like, oh, yeah, they're making the pu- puberty joke. But for you, it's like, yeah. well, it's a werewolf joke. And and I honestly didn't see it coming. I didn't connect the dots on it. I just thought like, you know, oh, his parents are high. They're doing the American pie thing. Right. Um, yeah. It's those moments when those type of jokes that that type of humor is being used that I really felt the connection to um, scary movie. Like it kind of felt like a scary, like a like the scary movies, which were super duper silly, super duper, not maybe that super duper crass, but they were they were crass, you know, and like but they weren't those films were not serious at all. This one right. does try to ground itself a little bit with some serious uh, moments, but nothing like nothing too. you know, the examples you and I Lou, have, have given are like, they don't ruin the film. I think it's just it feels like no, they don't. I, I mean, and overall, overall, I enjoyed my time with this movie. I had fun with it. Um, I liked some of the twists and turns. I liked uh, the way vampires and humans and zombies all interacted with each other. I loved every actor in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, my dis my 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 dislike of anything in this movie has nothing to do with the actors. Even the the, the girl who's playing the 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 vampire, uh, she is acting her life out in this movie to give that character <laughs> some kind of feeling for what is very much a sort of two-dimensional character she definitely brings it to being like a three-dimensional character and th- that takes effort um even the lead the main the main kid he's he's good um i wasn't familiar with anything else he's done um i think he's primarily a dancer which makes sense um uh, he's also very tall um the nerdy kid who becomes a zombie uh they basically kind of do the stoner trope with him like i enjoyed everything that the movie was trying to tell me it's just there were some moments where like something that would happen really didn't make sense at all but okay whatever i, I it's a movie i can sh- i can i can i can shrug it off and it like you know the aliens are floating over the town why hasn't the national military or somebody shown up after a, a a day or two. Why are they having a town meeting about this? You'd think that there'd be government officials showing up, you know, that, but that's just me. Um, it's the silly zombie movie uh, or horror movie, a horror comedy. And, um, it, like I said, every actor in it is good. Uh, there was a cameo at the end of the movie <laughs> yeah. that I had to message Ryan when it happened. And I didn't, I don't know if I told you exactly who it was, but I told you, wait till you see the, the cameo at the end of the movie. Um, it's a voice acting ca- cameo. And if you've watched Mandalorian, you know exactly who this man is. Okay. And here's the thing. If you if you haven't watched this film and you're thinking, oh, maybe I should watch it. I think you pause this. You go watch it because I think like the surprise of what happens is it was part of the payoff. So like I'll give everybody that chance if they want to. But also this. Please, let's keep this civilized. <laughs> so, you know, we're going to spoil the whole pretty much the whole speech. But it, uh you got uh, what's it? How do you how do you say is it? Werner Herzog, is it? Werner Herzog. Yeah. So famous, famous director and bit part actor who was in the first season of Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I believe Werner is also a um, I believe he's also an Oscar winner or Oscar nominee. Like 
he's kind of a not I don't want to say a big deal because he does some really weird low budgety stuff sometimes. But he's kind of a name that when someone says Werner Herzog is in something, you go, wait, what? And so the alien shows up at the end of the movie and he was getting ready to speak. And I was expecting some kind of I I figured it was going to be some kind of celebrity. I figured we were going to there was going to be a voice that I was going to be like, oh, OK, they got so and so to do this. And then Werner Herzog's voice came out. and I went, wait, what? <laughs> no. No, I actually paused the movie, opened up IMDb and went, did they really get Werner Herzog? They they got, look, they got lots of really great, funny actors to pop in here. And I mean, if you're going to have, uh, well, here's the thing. Like, let's, let's play the, so this, these are a bit of longer clips, but it, but it is the speech and it is just, it is hilarious. So here's the first part. Beings of Earth, do not cower in fear, rise. It's beautiful. As our planet's ambassador, we would like to thank you for giving us a precious chemical that sustains us. Why does it have a German accent? I was going to ask the same question. But before we go, we need to talk about what happened here. We came all this way to essentially borrow a stick of butter. And before we even got a chance to ask, you went bananas. We had to lock you all up in the palway just to protect you from yourselves. As one of your great philosophers so eloquently put it, we didn't start the fire. It was always burning since the world's been turning. But when we are gone, will it still burn on and on? Uh, so, I mean, the first part of his speech basically addresses like um, why the aliens are there. So they're they're there for, as he said, to borrow a stick of butter. They needed uh, this chemical that they uh that they live off of which is part of the the riblets that's why they isolated that town so lou you i don't know if you missed this but there was like a throwaway line about them putting like a bubble over the town uh that explains why they kind of isolated i missed that throwaway line because i was like how is this going on and nobody else is showing up yeah so you know there is they they hand wave it away but i i think like i really liked the twist of the aliens being not not bad, but just kind of like, you know, indifferent, you know, peaceful, uh, protective a little bit. Like basically uh, that the aliens don't show their they, they show up in the spaceship, but they don't show up on the ground uh, and for f- till later on. And basically the reason they kind of show up is because uh, they the the humans think the vampires are behind the aliens being there. The vampires think the alien or the humans are behind the aliens being there and the zombies haven't gotten their brain rations. So they're losing, losing their minds a little bit. And that starts this like yeah. huge war. And, and then the aliens are like, well, shit, we haven't even done anything yet. We haven't even had made contact and they're fighting. So let's, yeah. let's teleport. So basically whenever they're like, quote unquote, killing um, a human vampire or zombie, they're teleporting them to uh this this like big box store and yeah and they they're all separated because like they know that that they fight but uh which i mean brings me back to another here's a bob odenkirk clip (laughs) oh what the hell is that thing uh it's some kind of alien force field it separates us from the vampires and the zombies i call it the firewall i loved every moment he i love bob odenkirk and he he's perfect in this he plays perfect stoner dad and uh it's great um but it's just like the the ending to me was uh just a nice surprise twist because honestly going in i fully expected this to be the uniqueness of humans vampires and zombies all being in the same town but then the aliens being this destructive force because we're so used to that whenever aliens arrive they obviously want to wipe everything out but in this case they just they want to borrow a stick of butter and and they're like, whoa, why is everybody fighting? Let's 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 get, try to get this under control, uh, <laughs> which obviously, you know, if you watch the film, didn't go very well at the end for the alien. Um, but it's just it's such an interesting premise, right? Because I really did anticipate them just having 
the zombies, vampires, and humans having to team up to defeat the aliens. Uh, but that they do a bit of like a misdirect there, you know? Yeah. And I don't know if you caught it, but you do. Re- did you recognize the zombie girl that bit the zombie, the, 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 the kid and turned him into a zombie? She looked very familiar and I couldn't place it. That is Mae Whitman. If you have watched Arrested Development, she was Anne, his girlfriend that they could never remember who she was because she was super generic. Her? And she was she was also in uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. She played uh, 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 she played the the girl who shows up to fight Scott because she's one of the exes. Ah, uh, okay. All right. Yes, she was super. She looked super familiar. I couldn't place it. But yes, arrested. Uh, yeah, when I saw her, I saw her, I was like, is that me, Whitman? Because I've seen her in a lot of stuff. I was like, seems kind of like she should have a bigger role because she's not not that she's a huge actor, but the fact that she's just the zombie chick that's like in three scenes. I was like, oh, OK, that's what yeah. they used her for. Must have needed the money. Must have needed the work. <laughs> well, it, it's a nice uh, she like it's a cool cameo. This movie definitely feels like there's a lot of stuff on the cutting room floor. It definitely feels like there was a lot of stuff that they had to like pick and choose and try and figure out how they were going to fit it into the movie. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree this with you. There. Like, this is one of those movies where, you know, the actors had way more fun than the actual movie. Yes. A hundred percent. Again, I'm not going to I'm not going to tell anybody not to watch this movie, but I am going to tell anybody that's even vaguely interested what they're in for that, you know, not necessarily all the cameos, but don't go in with your expect expectations too high. No. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. I kept my expectations low. I was more excited to see all the, all the guest bits. And I think like a lot of reviewers latched onto that. And I I think there was one really bad review that was like, if you ever watch this, just fast forward whenever a, B, or C aren't on the screen. I think that's a bit yep. harsh. Very harsh. I think that is a bit harsh. Um, again, I enjoyed most of the movie. Um, uh, I, I definitely saw almost all of the stuff that came towards the end of the movie. Like it's it's all very paint by numbers, and that's fine. That I get what that that's what this is. Um, and that's fine. But uh, again if this if anything we've said interests you or you've watched it along again uh give it a watch just i wouldn't spend more than like three bucks on this yeah it's a great rental i mean i know when we were considering it i think it was on netflix for in canada but it just it just cycled out i think it's uh it's actually a sony film so honestly it might be it might be going to disney plus because i know they have a they have a deal there but um yeah, no, it, it is uh it, it is super funny. Um again, the Werner Herzog stuff is is really great. And I and I did capture a bit more and it kind of like it illustrates like that shift of like, oh, these aliens are benevolent, they're here to to sort of just visit. They're not you know evil, but uh that quickly goes places. Here is the point. Look at us. We have ninety feet of intergalactic awesomeness. Look at you. You guys are a mess. Have some dignity for shit's sake, and you're welcome. Hey, wait a second. Yes. You! No, no, no! You come here in your ship, you scare the living piss out of us, and then you lecture us with a Billy Joel song? But our research indicated an abiding love for Billy Joel. Please, let's keep this civilized. Uh, and and of course now I have this for forever. Please let's keep this civilized. Just in case Lou and I. Uh... Yeah, I get a little heated, and you might you might need to use that on me. You never know. You never know. Uh, but I, I like the and then the ending kind of descends into chaos as the alien basically is like talking down to them, and and they all fight the alien, and and the whole ammonia hose thing comes back. There's a lot of like weird drops in the film that like get left but then they have like that like signs thing of like man you leave too much water out oh right they're allergic to water in this case it was uh uh ammonia yeah ammonia the ammonia hose uh but like it's a genuinely funny film and it's been a while since i've seen 
like a movie like this and i i really thought it was funny i i watched it usually when i when i prep for the show i'll kind of split the movie into a couple of sittings but i sat and watched the whole thing i was gonna say you he messaged me as he was watching it i was like oh wow he's gonna do this all in one go yeah oh not only that like as soon as i finished watching it i went back to the timestamps that i wrote down and did all the clips right after so i was like you know boom 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 yeah and my my favorite part of the film, the funniest joke that gets dropped, and it's so corny, but it is to me like my favorite and most funniest part. And it and is when you know the guy who always plays uh, a dad who is like, um, yeah, uh, you know, the, the dad of the of the bully jock. Basically, it's yep. it's that typical like you got to play football, you know, that sort of stuff. Uh, but my my favorite joke of the whole whole movie. What about my dreams? What dreams? Uh, well, for starters, I want to be an engineer someday. Son, how many times do we have to go over this? No one rides trains anymore. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, at first, I was like, what? That I don't get it. And then I was like, oh, of course. <laughs> Train engineer. Again, super duper corny. Like, not, you know, very... Uh, <laughs> it's just, I, this, I thought it was hilarious. So, like, the movie has a lot of humor like that. That was one of my favorite gags because my father-in-law is an engineer. And I was like, I almost want to make him watch this movie for that joke. Yeah. I can send you the clip and you can, you can text it to your, uh, uh, sorry, you said your, your, uh, your my uncle? father-in-law, your father-in-law, my father-in-law. Yeah. I, uh, my brother's an engineer as well. And I, and I might, uh, <laughs> I might have to send this to him. Um, but yeah, like it's, like I said, it's a funny movie. Uh, there are some serious moments that I think kind of like shift the tone kind of like uh, abruptly and then it gets shifted back. But like if you go in knowing that that there are those like sort of jarring moments, but like and it's not really not even that bad, but it's just because it is so silly, funny and then quickly kind of like, oh, let's talk a bit serious and then back to the silly, funny. Um, the movie is at its strongest when it's being silly and it really reminded me of those like early scary movie films that were like zany comedy you know there's yeah but this one has like a little bit of better balance it's not just zaniness it's like it's it's well written you got a lot of a lot of the comedy comes from these these uh these guest actors uh Werner herzog coming in with the alien voice like that was i'm surprised i'm always surprised that that guy does stuff considering his pedigree, but I think it comes down to, he just does stuff that's fun. And I think he finds yeah. that stuff fun. He, he's, he's a, he's a very unique guy. So seeing him in this, I mean, I wasn't surprised, but I was like, wow. Okay. It's very good. Uh, but folks, I think that's going to do it for our chat on freaks of nature. Uh, definitely check it out. Uh, it's, it's definitely worth the rental. And um, if you had as much fun as we did talking about it, uh, you're in for a good treat. Coming up on Zamp, though, we've got some content planned out. Uh, we're going to have uh, it's a bit of a little bit of a wait. We're going to have a three-week gap between our episodes. Uh, but we'll be back uh, in July to talk about Fear the Walking Dead. It has wrapped its um, mid-season. So six episodes uh, for the mid-season uh, it, it got a shorter run of 12 episodes for the final season. So we'll be talking about the rest of um, season eight's uh, first half, as well as the fact that uh, Dead City, which will be premiering uh, its first of six episodes very soon, will probably be able to watch half of it uh, by the time we, we end up recording. So I think that's a pretty good bar. And I definitely have something here I want to plug Ooh. about Dead City. Something I sent to Ryan just before we started recording. It was officially announced tonight that if you have AMC Plus or Shudder, they will be doing a episode of The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs that will be the premiere of Dead City. <laughs> 9 p.m. Sunday night. It looks, uh, I, honestly, like, I think that's the way to watch it. That's the way to watch it. Um, I, I already informed Erica that I figure you're going to go to bed on. You're usually in bed by nine on Sunday night. I'm going to watch Joe Bob Briggs. And she goes, wait, he doesn't come back for another couple of weeks. And I said, no, 
coming back a week early so that I can watch Dead City. <laughs> oh, it feels like a great fit uh, for Dead City. Uh, and yeah, six episodes. And uh, funny enough, uh, the entire season is in reviewers' hands. So uh, if you want to get a um, an advanced sort of uh, thought on uh, Dead City, I, I know IGN had their review up. It's getting very mixed results, but that's fine. It, like, I think it boils down to like, uh, there are some issues that they outlined that I, I'll be interested to see if I if I feel the same way. But um, they kind of like, it's getting into that Marvel Star Wars territory. I think Walking Dead is a bit further, but yeah, I think I think I think part of the problem is, is I think we've all been exposed to it for so long that they like like us. I, I know I'm the most guilty of of all people who watch Walking Dead. It feels like it's getting too long in the tooth. Um, I would personally love to see AMC take like a break for like two or three years and then be like, yeah, we're bringing Walking Dead back with some new showrunners. Um, but again, that's just me. AMC's got to make money somehow. Yeah. Yeah, I think what it comes down to is what what I've seen in the reviews is that it uh, it is Walking Dead content that will continue to um, delight folks that are enjoying The Walking Dead and still with it, but it's not going to bring people back that uh, that checked out. Fell off the wagon. Yeah. So you know, um, sounds right up our alley though. We'll talk about it uh, in just a couple weeks. And uh, you can talk about it uh, as soon as it premieres by joining our Discord at bit.ly slash Zamp Discord. I also want to thank our patrons at patreon.com slash Zombies Ate My Podcast. Definitely check that out if you want to support the show directly. It helps us rent films, uh, subscribe to AMC, pay for hosting, that sort of thing. So definitely head there and support the show directly. And, uh, yeah, so also visit our website, zombiesatemypodcast.com, for show notes and all our previous episodes. You can send us an email, and we may read it on the show, info at zombiesatemypodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find me at rmurphy, Lou at busyzombielord, and don't forget to follow the show at zombiespodcast. Finally, a quick shout-out to Joel Duggan for the podcast artwork. Find more of his great work at joelduggan.com. This has been Zombies Ate My Podcast, and as always, we close out the show with some fine zombie knowledge from the busy zombie lord himself. Take it away, Lou. Remember, if you're a zombie, you gotta go long times between your eating, because you need to keep your brain functional. Boy, come on! Come on! Jeez, man, where's the